I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSEN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circa Sportsbook here in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is is the look at here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Follow along on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R, and at VSIN Live. One half of the Stanley Cup final is set as the Colorado Avalanche, for the first time since 2001, are in the Stanley Cup final. A team that was one of the best, if not the best, in the NHL over the past. Three to four seasons finally gets over the hump of being eliminated in the second round. They handle their business in a wild series, and I mean a wild series, against the Edmonton Oilers. They finish off a four-game sweep, winning in overtime six to five. This was one of the series, one of the very few series, and it's very rare when this happens, but it's amazing when it does. Yes. This was a four-game sweep. However, this entire series was really dominated by the stars. The star players showed up in every game. It was McCarr. It was McKinnon. It was Rantanen. McDavid. Dreisaitl. Everybody showed up. The goaltenders didn't, but then again, the goaltenders aren't the stars. But it was the stars for both teams that really showed up, and it provided tremendous entertainment. Yeah, you want to say, all right, well, the high-scoring games weren't that fun, but uh, they were very fun to watch. They were entertaining, especially if you had the over. 8-6 in Game 1 was exciting, 4-0 in Game 2, 4-2 in Game 3, 6-5 in overtime here. In game number four, congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche who now await the winners of the Eastern Conference Final. The Rangers with a two games to one lead over the Tampa Bay Lightning. And in that series, the home team has won every game. Rangers won the first two games at the Garden and the Lightning won game three on their home ice in Tampa. And for game number four, Here on Tuesday night, the Lightning are a minus 170 favorite with a total of five and a half. Each game in this series has uh, gone under 
the last two, over the first game. So the first game was a 6-2 Ranger win. That went over. But then back-to-back 3-2 games going under the total of 5.5. And, and, and I felt all along that this was going to be an under series. Whereas the Western Conference Finals was going to be an over series. And we only saw two of the games go over. Two out of the four. This one I felt was going to be an under series. And we haven't really seen... We've seen Shesterkin perform admirably. Andre Vasilevsky, not quite so. And if he finds his game here in this series, one, the Rangers are in trouble. Two, the Unders are never going to be in doubt. We're going to see. It's going to happen that we're going to have one of these 2-1 games. Maybe even a 1-0 game. We're just bound to have an elite performance from one of these goaltenders, if not both of them, on the same game. In the last game, game number three, Rangers took a 2-0 lead in the second period. And it didn't feel like the Rangers were up 2-0. As crazy as that sounds. Because Tampa outplayed them. It was probably the worst that the Rangers have looked maybe since round one against Pittsburgh. The only difference was instead of Shesterkin getting lit up and letting in a bunch of goals and having to get pulled, He was incredible. He made 49 saves in that game. 49 saves! And eventually, Tampa scored. Tied the game up at two in the third period. The Rangers still had a 2-1 lead going to the third. But then Tampa tied it up, and then it was that big Andre Palat goal in the final minute on an incredible play. Great passing, just great play. And they take the 3-2 lead. They go on to win 3-2. So how do the Rangers now bounce back going into this game number four? My thought all along on this series has been that these two teams are just too close. And I understand home ice, home ice. I get it. But in a series that each game I feel is... A coin flip? Like maybe slight edge to Tampa in some regards? The price is just too expensive. To make the Rangers the underdog on their home ice was flat out disrespectful. And I thought was free money betting on the Rangers. And even with these two games in Tampa, getting the Rangers at plus 150... It's too good to pass up for a series that I think is very, very close, much closer than the price dictates. Tampa should not be a minus 175 favorite. They just shouldn't be. So I like taking the Rangers at the plus money price, taking a shot on them, see if they can win. And I think they absolutely have a good chance to do so. And, of course, I like the under, which is at five and a half. 
and it is juiced at minus 135 up on the DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. The NBA Finals, it's a, it's a different schedule than what we've seen throughout the uh, playoffs is that there's extra time off between games so and, and much longer time off when they shift venues. So the series is tied at a game apiece. We will now not see game number three until Wednesday night in Boston. My first thought on where the series is right now is that it is mispriced. That is my belief. And I've seen books out there, and there's been movement, which I think it's the market correcting itself, which in reality is because sharps are hitting it. But at one point, the Warriors were lined up as the favorite in this series, tied at a game apiece, and despite the fact that the Celtics have home court advantage now, Right, because three of the remaining five games in this series will be in Boston. And so they have the home court advantage right now, yet the Warriors were favored in the series. Now, there's been some market correction, and now I'm seeing on the DraftKings Sportsbook, the Celtics minus 115, Warriors minus 105, so it's essentially a coin flip there. A little bit of juice to the Celtics. But looking at the way that it should play out, right? With the Celtics being three and a half point favorites in all three of their home games, likely. And the Warriors, the same. We're essentially saying that the Celtics are a little bit better than the Warriors. And yet, home court obviously plays a role here. So if they're three-and-a-half-point favorites in three of the remaining five games, how could they be even, how could it be a coin flip? The Celtics should be a heavier favorite in this series. Just It just makes sense. Let me check another book here. Because I've seen a couple different books put up different series prices, which is going to happen. But right now, I'm seeing, let's see another one here. All right, (laughs) this is hilarious. One book has Celtics minus 115, Warriors minus 105. Another book has Warriors minus 115, Celtics minus 105. Let's continue the experiment here because it's a lot of fun. Either way, it's still mispriced. And it's especially mispriced if they're lining you up as if they're lining the Warriors up as the favorite. Let's check out another one here. Uh, Celtics minus 115, Warriors minus 105. Okay. Makes sense a little bit more. That's like what so that's two out of three books have Celtics minus 115, Warriors minus 105. And then let's see here on we'll go for a fourth book. As I check the apps real quick. All right, fourth fourth book. We'll see what we got here. Fourth book is, come on, come on, come on. Warriors minus 115, Celtics minus 115. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. We need a fifth book to decide this. So that's two books that have the Warriors at minus 115, two books that have the Celtics at minus 115. If this doesn't scream problem to you, this is... It's incorrectly priced. The Celtics are three and a half point favorites at home in game number three. It'll likely be the same in game number four and in game number six. How are they an underdog in this series? Coming up next, we're going to talk to Jared Smith from PicksWise. We'll ask him his thoughts on this and more. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. fresh start and we mean a real fresh start with lasting change take this in 10 challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine available in a variety of tastes and strengths zen nicotine pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction try zen nicotine pouches for 10 days or your money back your fresh start is here take this in 10 challenge today at zin.com slash 10 that's zyn.com slash 10 Zin nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 and over who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get me up on Twitter at Scott's on air. Joining us now to continue the conversation, we welcome in Jared Smith from PicksWise. You follow him on Twitter at Jared Lee Smith. And Jared, I just got done talking about the NBA Finals series prices. And I looked at four different books, and two of them had the Warriors lined up as the favorite, minus 115 to minus 105 on the comeback. The other two had the Celtics as the favorite, minus 115 to (laughs) minus 105 on the comeback. And I'm trying to argue here that it makes no sense that the Warriors would be favored And even the Celtics at a low price of minus 115 doesn't make any sense because they're three and a half point favorites in game three, likely in game four and in game six. Uh, Correct me if I'm not wrong, but if they win those three home games, they're NBA champs, right? Yeah, the math checks out. I mean, I know it's late here on the East Coast, but that math does check out. You need four to get across the finish line. Um, that is intriguing. And, and again, when it's close like that and you know, those serious prices shift dramatically from game to game. Mm -hmm. So 
if one of them is wrong, you know, if, if the Celtics do, uh, should be favored and, and, you know, the, all the books that have the Warriors as the favorite, if the Celtics do win game three, those might move a lot more severely than the ones that already have the Celtics implanted as the favorite. A lot of it's due to liability. Uh, and you know, if a specific book has a specific liability on, on, on something, they might shade it a little bit because if you're going from minus 110 to minus 110 on the other side, it's really only a three or 4% difference in probability. So uh, I'm not surprised if you, if you've been shopping around, especially in the MVP markets, the discrepancies from book to book is fascinating. And I know a lot of people that we follow in the community has been keeping track of just the difference in prices at some of these books. And a lot of it's liability. Some of it's just bad numbers and, and it's our job, I guess, to find them. Right. You know, what bothers me so much about the MVP voting is and uh, Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst, made this point earlier on VSIN, and uh, he's going to join me at the bottom of the hour or, or later in the hour. We'll talk about this. Is that there are a lot of voters that will just vote on this award on what they see on the surface, right? Oh, well, Jason Tatum's the guy, right? And, you know, he had the 17 points, 20 something points. So he's the MVP. If you really dove into the numbers and you really watched the game, Jason Tatum has been horrible in yeah. both game one and in game two. Yeah, he had the 13 assists, but even with that, Jared, he's been bad in these first two games for Boston. I, I agree. I think the efficiency certainly speaks to that. Um, I'm not surprised that they lost game two if you looked at his numbers. I mean, he what was he, a minus 36? <laughs> it's gross. And they only lost the game by like 18, right? What was the final number? 18, 20, somewhere in that range. Um, and, and he was a minus 36. Um, I, I think Jalen Brown, on, honestly, I, I do think the MVP market has really crystallized, you know, in game two, really, with Steph. Uh, I, you could have maybe made a case for a Wiggins before game one, but then Steph did his thing in game one and he followed up with a great game two. I, I don't see a scenario where the Warriors win the series and it's not Steph. On the other side, I, I think Marcus Smart kind of took his name out of contention with his game the other night. Jalen Brown certainly is in the mix. And I would argue that that price is wrong that you're seeing on the screen right now. And I, I would say maybe Tatum and Brown should be a little bit closer together. Well, I, would, uh, I would completely agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I don't have to be like a lot closer together, but... I think the fact that Tatum's plus, you know, basically a coin flip to win the award and, and Jalen Brown's a relative long shot, I think that's wrong. I think it should be a little closer to par with those two guys. And I'll be honest, I that's probably going to be a bet for me um, before game three, whenever they play it, Wednesday, Thursday, mm -hmm. Friday, I don't, I don't even know. Um, but whenever they do decide to play game three, I think, I think the Brown MVP market uh, a little soft there. And who knows, you might even be able to find a better number if you shop around. So that's the guy I would look to because he's really the only realistic player on the Celtics that can win it that you're really getting any value on at this stage. Yeah, unless, you know, I think if Smart comes out and has a 28-point performance in game three and they win and he's the reason maybe he hits a clutch three down the stretch, he puts his name into it. But you're right, after that pathetic performance, and it wasn't just him. Tatum was horrible. Brown was, everyone was bad. In that second half, the, where the big three for them scored like six points. It was just pathetic what they did in that game. And it's crazy because now I, they're lined up as three and a half point favorites in game three. I have a feeling that by the time we get to Wednesday, and it will be played on Wednesday, so let's remember that, that <laughs> there might be some buy-in on the Warriors and then you can get the Celtics at the better number because I think the Celtics are absolutely the play here. But I have a feeling this thing's moving down, Jared. 
It could. I mean, I'll be curious to see the splits. And and that's what makes the extra day a little more fascinating. Um, and I don't, rec- I don't recall if every game last year had an extra day. I, I don't remember the schedule offhand, but I, I'll be honest, having two days of rest in between basically every game, uh, I, I think does make for a bit of an interesting handicap because the market does settle a little bit more. It, it's, it resembles slightly more what an NFL week would be where you get four or five days before the next game is played. So you get a little bit more of buildup and maybe the number moves tomorrow a little bit. And then usually on game day is when we see the significant yeah. moves if we do see one. Um, but it does offer a little bit more of a, of a buildup to the, you know, the climax on Wednesday. Um, I, I don't really have a vibe for, for game three specifically, but I, I think if you do like Boston, I, I would say you just bet the series price because you're getting a better number. Um, but the way that the, these games have been played, I mean, I'm sure you saw this absurd uh, trend with, you know, we all follow the same people with the line six or less in the finals. The, uh, the team that's won the game has covered 64 0 and one against the number mm-hmm. since 2014. So it really doesn't matter. Uh, money line or spread. If you like the favorite, you, you, you feel comfortable laying the points. If you like the underdog, certainly makes sense to play the money line as well. So if you do think golden state's live and you think that line's going to go in the other direction, uh, I, I would take it a step further and I would play the warriors on the money line. Uh, if if that's the way that you're feeling uh, game three might go. Yep, Warriors plus 140 on the money line right now at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Your betting splits, 63% of the bets, 61% of the handle on the Warriors plus the three and a half, 75% of the bets and 78% of the handle on the Warriors money line at plus 140. So uh, I'm very curious to see what happens by the time we get to Wednesday night. The totals in these games, Jared, uh, I thought game two was the perfect underplay just because of the absurd amount of three-pointers that we saw in game one. My biggest argument for an under in game two was one reason and one reason only. Al Horford. Al Horford made six three-pointers in game mm. one. Six! If he makes two of them, the game goes under. So he was there's I, I there's no way I'm gonna bet on Al Horford to make six three pointers again. So I went no. under in game two. Any feel for the total at two twelve and a half for game three? Yeah, I mean it dropped a few points from what we saw in Golden State. And I, I think when you when you digest what we saw in game one, I mean Horford came back to earth in a big way. Marcus Smart played much better in game one than he did in game two. And I, I think that speaks to just where the role players are for the Celtics in this series, they, they matter. Unlike maybe some other teams where even the Warriors, I would say, the role players don't matter as much. If Wiggins and, and Steph and, and even Clay have good games, the Warriors are probably going to win. If Jason Tatum doesn't have a good game like he didn't in game one, the Celtics can still win. They have other guys that can put the ball in the hoop. And it, I'll be honest, at this stage, it is really, really tough to pick these totals. If the threes go in, the game's going to go over. Mm. If they don't go in, the game's going to stay under. Um, you have a chance, of course, late with fouls that the game goes over, especially if the total drops a few points. Maybe you're getting a little bit more value. But I think the total's dropping a couple points for a good reason. I, I think Boston's defense has been the story. You can see the frustration on Marcus Smart's face and some of these players when they're not switching screens properly on, on, on Steph Curry. I do think at home they'll be a little bit more buttoned up in that area. And I wouldn't be shocked if Golden State had a bad shooting performance on the heels of what was an insane shooting performance 
in game two. So I would probably lean to the under. Uh, but again, on, on a Monday night, it's going to be really tough for me to, to pull the trigger on anything uh, before we get to game day. I want to see what happens on Wednesday morning when the markets open up a little bit and we see some movement. But I, I would say I would lean Celtics and the under in this game if I had to pick it right now. That's where I lean as well. Jared, hang with me through the break. Let's talk a little hockey, a little baseball on the way back. He's Jared Smith. You can follow him on Twitter at Jared Lee Smith. Does a tremendous job for picks wise. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I'll talk about all the action on the ice coming up next. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Summer Special is here. For only $39, you get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vsin.com. And subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB Best Bets, Jonathan Von Tobel will have Best Bets all the way through the NBA Finals, Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued Best Bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, NASCAR, and more if you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily Best Bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash summer. Scott Seidenberg back here. The look ahead on vcin, the sports betting network, rejoined by Jared Smith from PicksWise. Follow him on Twitter at Jared Lee Smith. And Let's talk about the action on the ice here, Jared. The Colorado Avalanche, for the first time since 2001, are back in the Stanley Cup final, a four-games-to-none sweep of the Edmonton Oilers. And I don't know about you, but this was a sweep, but this was a fun series to watch. Like, it wasn't like, oh, one team blew them out, and there you go, four games, and it's a sweep, it's over. This was a competitive, fun series. Did you feel the same way? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, honestly, the entire hockey postseason has been just uh, a, a, an, an insane run from <laughs> start to finish. Um, it It's interesting, though, now that they get 11 days off. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't think that's going to help them. Um, the Kadri injury, too, will be fascinating to see if he's able to come back for the cup final. But um, I, I think they were fighting fire and, and they were facing a team in Edmonton that didn't quite have the right burn to, to fight Colorado's fire. Whoever they face in the cup final, whether it be Tampa or New York, has the elixir and it's between the pipes, whether it's Vasilevsky or Tristurkin. I, I think that series will be much slower, probably lower scoring than what we saw between Edmonton and Colorado. It's hard to be higher scoring than that. But uh, it, it just seems like this is not a good you know, recipe, a good formula for Colorado to win a cup, which is blow through Edmonton, not play any games that were, I mean, they, they were pushed in game one and, and, and they were pushed last night or tonight really, but 
I, I think overall they they had that series under control from start to finish. And every time Edmonton kind of answered, it was like when you're playing your big brother in horse, he's always going to have the shot to beat you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I think Colorado is going to face a much different test when they face this Eastern Conference winner. Now, the good news for them is they might be so battered and bruised if this series goes seven between the Rangers and Lightning, they might get a bit of a of a, of a boost from that. But I think the matchup favors the Eastern team, whichever one does come out. I just thought it was amazing that in this series, it, it, the star players showed up, right? Yeah. I mean, you got your goals from McKinnon. You got your goals from, you know, Rantanen. McCarr played well. Dreisaitl and McDavid. I mean, the only people that didn't show up were the goaltenders. But that's not what you watch the games for. So uh, at least not in the Western Conference here. Uh, so this was, I thought, a very entertaining series. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm curious. You're right. That rest. That's a long rest because there's a chance that the st- the game one of the Stanley Cup final might not be until the 18th, Saturday the 18th. I mean, we're talking. It's Monday, June 6th. Right. So going until Saturday, June 18th. That's a long time to wait to play a game, and we kind of saw it earlier with the the rest versus rust or rhythm, and the question that I always ask, right, is it rest or rust or rhythm? And in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, the Rangers' rhythm was better than the rest or potential rust for the Lightning. So I wonder if the team in the East is going to have that advantage in game one of the Stanley Cup Final, and you mentioned they'll have the goaltending advantage no matter who it is. Absolutely. And I, I would favor whoever that team coming out of the East in game one. I, and I'm not 100% sure on the seedings. I'm guessing. It, it's in Colorado, Colorado no matter what. Lines. It's in Colorado no matter, no matter what. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so that 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 helps us. You know, we can kind of set that handicap right away and we can already envision a pretty hefty underdog, likely, if it's the Rangers. I saw the series prices already at, at Westgate. The Rangers were like plus 250-ish. And mm-hmm. I don't I forget the exact number, but it was a long number. Uh, Colorado against New York, a little bit shorter, obviously, if it was Tampa. Um, but based off of that number, if it is the Rangers, you could get a plus 200 in game one uh, on the road. So that would be a very interesting number when you have absolutely the better goalie. And who is it going to be in net for Colorado? You would assume, you know, Kemper has a little bit of time off to mm-hmm. heal up. Uh, Frankie looked great for the Avs, but let's be honest, he's made what four playoff starts in his entire career. Yeah. Um, and I know Shosturkin hasn't made that many either, but there's just no comparison between those two guys when you actually look at the full body of work for Igor. So I, I just I, I feel like the the Eastern Conference team is going to be an underdog in all or most of the games in that series. If it's the Rangers, they might be an underdog in every game of that series. And I just feel like if you blind bet the Rangers probably in every game, as long as it's not a sweep. Uh, you're probably going to come out almost even if they're plus 150, 200 underdogs uh, in most of those games. So I'm fascinated to see which team does come out of the East, but I do think they will present a matchup problem for Colorado. How do you feel about this game three coming up here Tuesday night? Uh, I'm I'm on the Rangers at plus 150, and the reason being not because I'm a homer, maybe because I am a homer, but the way way I'll defend it uh, to not be a homer is that this series – is truly a coin flip. And I think that a lot of people, and especially the market, has disrespected the Rangers. They were underdogs on home ice because I get it, the Tampa Bay mystique. In game two, the price just didn't make sense, and everyone was, well, Tampa hasn't lost two consecutive playoff games since 2019. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China, right? That was 
different teams yeah. they're playing against. Now, you have the Rangers as a plus-150 dog in a series that I think goes Either of these teams can win. They play 10 times. They can go five and five. So you're going to give me north of anything plus 150 or above to me is an auto bet on the Rangers, Jared. Yeah, I, I think from a betting perspective, it's really hard to lay with Tampa considering what we've seen. Now, that's not to say that Tampa might not be the better team, but you're talking about laying 50, 60, 70 cents in a playoff game for what I think has been a relatively, as you said, evenly matched series so far. Um, I, I think you don't bet the actual game itself, and I think you you continue to play the futures market because I think the futures market, in my eyes, especially the Con Smythe market, mm. is a pretty obvious choice right now. Now I've been slowly investing in over the last few weeks. I put a little little sprinkle on Kale McCarr at I think six to one uh, a week or two ago, and then I put a little on um, Vasilevsky at at eight fifty, I think last week and then Shosturkin last night, two nights ago before the other game at six to one. Um, and I think to me now, McCarr McKinnon, you can make the argument. So Colorado is a tough, tougher handicap, yeah. but on the Eastern conference side of the coin, I, I just don't see, tip. well, yeah, I don't yeah. see one of these teams winning the cup and it's not Vasilevsky or Shosturkin being the constant winner. It's a, so it's a hundred percent a lot. If there, if there was yeah. ever a lock in sports betting, it's that if the team from the East wins the cup, the goaltender is going to win the Conn Smythe. Last season, Braden Point, I think he set the record for most goals in a playoffs. And Andre Vasilevsky was the Conn Smythe winner. Like it's go, it's it's going to be either Igor or Vasilevsky if the if one of those teams is to beat Colorado. And yes, it's much harder to handicap who's it going to be for Colorado because it could be a number of players. Absolutely. And so when you look at the market, I mean, I'm seeing right now the Rangers are around four to one plus 350. Shesterkin six to one. Yeah, you'd rather it, have that. It, it, it doesn't mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense to bet there. So I, I'm going to probably slowly invest. I already have a pretty good uh, size investment in uh, Vasilevsky, about a unit, unit and a half. I only have a half a unit on Shesterkin. So I'll probably up the ante on Shesterkin a little bit at six to one before the game tomorrow night. And then I'll just kind of sit back and wait and we'll see what happens in game four. And then we'll see how the market moves. And I might maybe go back on Vasilevsky, Shosturkin. We'll see. But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be playing those two guys off of each other and try to get the best number possible. And then I'll have one of them uh, in the final. And hopefully one of them wins uh, because then I'll be feeling pretty good. McCarr and McKinnon, I, I, I think you, if it is Colorado, it's going to be offense. Mm. So if you, if you have McKinnon, you want to get a little you know, slice of McCarr, I, I certainly can't fault you there. Um, tough to predict. Uh, which one of those two guys will get it. McCarr, I mean, five points tonight. I think he set the record for defensemen. So he's definitely going to draw a lot of attention. But I know the precedent says it's hard for a defenseman to win that award. So McKinnon might get, you know, the media narrative vote yeah. just based off of that. Um, but McCarr certainly has a has a solid case. I mean, he's like Brian Leach. You want to talk a little Rangers, old school hockey there. Uh, he's Brian Leach for that team in the playoffs. And, and or he's you been really just, fun to watch. Or he's Adam Fox. Let's, let's bring it to this year's <laughs> yeah. team, right? There he's, you go. He's Adam Fox. Jared, I appreciate <laughs> the time and the conversation. Good luck. Enjoy the game tomorrow night, man. Appreciate you, Scott. There he is, Jared Smith from PicksWise. Follow him on Twitter at Jared Lee Smith. I'm Scott Sattenberg. Coming up next, we'll get back into the NBA Finals discussion. We have game number three coming up on Wednesday night, but I've been very critical of the pricing right now in this series. 
We'll see coming up next if our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, the host of Hardwood Handicappers here on the network, agrees or disagrees. Coming up next here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools for to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Let's get back into the NBA Finals discussion. We welcome in our senior NBA analyst here, the host of Hardwood Handicappers and The Edge. He's Jonathan Von Tobel on Twitter at MeJVT. And JVT, I, I, I have a major issue when it comes to the pricing of the NBA Finals. I'll- From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... <laughs> Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Looked at four different books. Two of them had the Warriors minus 115 to the Celtics minus 105 on the comeback. Two of them had the Celtics minus 115 to the Warriors minus 105. And my point is, if you're telling me The Celtics are minus three and a half in game three, likely similar in game four and in game six. How in the world could you make the Warriors any favorite in this series? Does does, does that make sense to you? Uh, the series price, no. What you're saying, yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you have, yeah, if you have the Warriors as a favorite in this series, um, no, it doesn't really make that much sense. And it's also odd too. I mean, it, it like it kind of goes in line with what we saw when these series was initially set, right? Like if you remember, it got to like as high as like minus one sixty five on the series, and the market was pretty strong on Golden State, and the market's been pretty strong for the most part, not only from a series price perspective, but on a game to game basis, right? Like the like it has been betters just. Warriors, Warriors, Warriors in many aspects, the way that the series has been bet um, through two games. But to your point, when you're talking about a team that has home court through you know the rest of this series at this point, I mean, we haven't seen them give it up yet, obviously, and uh, that is going to be a three and a half to a four point favorite over the course of the next two games. It, it, it does not make sense to make the Warriors that favorite in that series price. So thus, if you 
believe in Boston, if you do not have a bet or if you're not involved in any way whatsoever, uh, there is some very good value to be found on the Boston Celtics as an underdog in this series if you are in a jurisdiction that offers you know, a book that has that price because the Celtics should be favored in this series given the way that they're going to be favored in those games and just given the way that they're going to be priced in those games. I completely agree. And, and my early lean here is the Celtics in this game three. Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting the way that they played in that second half of game two, which was awful. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't see them really duplicating that terrible performance, especially on their home floor. I think they'll be more focused. And I, I thought there was something now it, it I know it's not. It's a very simple, simplistic approach uh, to to kind of explain this away. But what Stephen A. was saying after the game, I thought, had made a little bit of sense. That the Celtics already did their job by stealing home court advantage, and when things got very difficult for them in the second half, there was not the intensity that they had in Game One because there might have been a little bit of. I don't want to call it house money, but let's face it, human nature comes into play here. I just think that if they they if they approach similar adversity in game 3, you see a much more inspired effort in the second half if that makes sense. Yeah, I think you you use the right term, it's human nature. And you know, not that they quit, but you know, it's going to be a natural response to go, you know, you know, we have home court. It's, it's uh, there's no need to kind of try to fight and claw and dig this thing out, especially, you know, when Jordan Poole is hitting, you know, like between leg has he, you know, pull up jumpers from half the, you know, from half court <laughs> and, and you're getting buried. Um, it's a natural tendency to just kind of let up and not really try. But and this is also, I would say, a uh, Celtics team that has a a history throughout this entire season of responding. The Boston Celtics are 26 and 11 straight up after a straight up loss. They are 25 and 12 ATS after a straight up loss. It is 67.6% against the spread after they lose a game straight up. This team throughout this entire season under Ime Udoka has responded to adversity very well in the follow-up performance. So now not only do you have a situation in which they have responded well, again, after a straight up loss, but now you're in a friendly environment coming back home. So I think this sets up very nicely for the Boston Celtics to bounce back here in game three, situationally from what we've seen from them in the past and just what, what we know from Ime Odoka having this team ready to go. And the other part of this got too is, you know, keep in mind this Warriors team, uh, they have not really been that good on the road in this postseason. They haven't been on that good on the road overall, but in this postseason, the golden state Warriors, right now, when you're looking at some of the numbers, you're talking about a three and four record straight up, a two and five record against the spread, a negative 8.7 net rating in those road games. And we know the Memphis series, they struggled on the road in the first two games, even though they earned a split. We know what happened in game five before they went back to San Francisco, losing games on the road, both against Dallas and against Denver. Uh, this has not really been a, a favorable situation for Golden State. So I, I, am a, I do like the chances there for the Boston Celtics to bounce back in game three for sure. And I think it's six and oh, both straight up in ATS in the playoffs after a loss. And I think what I was checking was in the first quarter of those games, five and one straight up and ATS. So, or, I mean, maybe a Celtics first quarter play, maybe a Celtics first half play. I mean, and it would make sense. I mean, if you look, if you've followed this team at all, one of the things that has been most impressive about Boston 
uh, has been Udoka and the way that he has handled this team. And, and it's also just the way his message is very consistent. You know, he's very, very kind of just flat and dry when it comes to the analysis of his team. And anything he tells the media, he tells them. And they seem to respond really well to it. But, you know, he, he doesn't mince words when it comes to how poorly they perform. And I think that's why it translates pretty well on top of being like a pretty good tactician and making those adjustments and changes. So, yeah, it would make sense that they get off to good starts in those matchups um, when they're coming off of those losses. So I got a lot of faith in Udoka. I think at this point he's got a large enough sample size to prove that uh, coming off of losses like this, given their record and given what we've seen from him, that he's going to be a reliable guy to make some good adjustments. Any uh, thoughts on the prop market here? I mean, Jason Tatum has been bad in in both of these games. Yes, I know he scored some points in game two, but he's been bad in both of these games. Coming home for game three, do you expect a a bounce-back performance from an efficiency standpoint from Tatum? I mean, it's the natural thing to think uh, because he has not been good through these first two games. So uh, I would agree with that assessment when you've seen his performances. Uh, and he, you know, he scored 28 points and he went over his point total prop, depending on where you shopped by about what, like a half point or mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Um, in that last game, uh, the, the I think the less the less sexy name to look at from a point total standpoint. And I talked about this on the show on Sunday. Uh, Kevon Ludi's point total was really low in game two. I want to say it was in the range of about eight and a half or so, seven and a half. Six uh, and, and a half he, I'm seeing here. Yeah, there you go. It was so six and a half. And the reason why it matters is, you know, if you look at the way that Looney was used in the series against Dallas and a little bit in that game against Boston, if the Warriors are going to start running more traditional pick and rolls and they're going to start slipping those screens because, of course, they don't want to allow the Celtics to switch comfortably. And you saw more of that in game two. Uh, then he's going to catch the ball on the roll a lot more. And that's going to allow him to rack up the assist. It's going to allow him to score a little bit more. And sure enough, he goes over his point total prop in game two. And if the Warriors are going to use a pretty similar approach, uh, I would think that it sets up for Looney to again go over his point total prop, much like he really he did a lot in the Dallas Mavericks series because he was slipping a whole bunch and they were using him as a whole man a bunch. So I think that's something worth tracking as we move forward and kind of keeping on because the Celtics are going to switch a lot. And if that's going to happen, Warriors are going to slip a lot. And that leaves it open for Looney to, I think, put up some decent point totals in in the sense of a guy who's got a point total prop of six and a half, you know? Would you uh, buy in now Jalen Brown for finals MVP? Uh, I would. Look, I've got him at 13 to one. But if you don't have like an iron in the fire at this point right now, you can find him at nine to one. Uh, I think there is value in that number to say that Jason Tatum is the most likely Celtic at this point to win the uh, NBA Finals MVP, uh, I think is incorrect. I think if you've actually watched Tatum through the first two games, he has not been great. And I think there are some who are going to rationalize the first game with a double-digit assist and say that, hey, you know what? He took on the role of facilitator. Uh, he was also god-awful from a shooting standpoint in that game. And we're talking like wide-open attempts that weren't even close to going down. He hasn't been good through the first two games of the series, flat out, just has not been. And so if you're watching this and you have a wrinkle in your brain, uh, you would realize that Brown in that first, that first game, especially in the fourth quarter, was the spark in that fourth quarter that allowed him to win that game. And if he consistently performs to the level we know, about a 24-point-per-game score, shooting the ball at a good, consistent rate of about 37%, uh, Brown, I think, if you believe the Celtics are going to win the series like I do, uh, should be the most likely Celtic to win this award at this point. So uh, I would go ahead and grab Jalen Brown if you're not involved yet at 9-1. to I think that is a number that has some value in it. I like that. I like the 9-1 to number a lot. JVT, appreciate the time and the conversation. We'll catch up with you soon. Always good to talk to you, man. Thank you. There is Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst, the host of Hardwood Handicappers and The Edge here on the network. You can catch Hardwood Handicappers uh, 
vcin.com slash podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll get into a little Major League Baseball short slate here on Monday. Just a few games with some surprising outcomes. And then coming up here on Tuesday, we get back into the full swing of a big Major League Baseball slate. We'll talk about it all coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on Visa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.